My name is Carlin Borosenko, and this is The Art of the Trigger. Well, it was an interesting day today, I have to say. I had the opportunity to trigger someone I really never anticipated that I would have the opportunity to trigger. I really didn't see this coming at all. It was a total accident. I wasn't even trying. This is the case study of the triggering of Styx Hexenhammer. Styx 666 loses control when he gets it wrong and gets told no. If you would like to see the images of all the tweets I'm going to read in this podcast, please head over to artofthetrigger.com. There is a full written article. You can see all the images. I'm going to do the very best I can to translate it, but sometimes it's just easier to see the images than it is to listen to me talk. But you subscribe to an audio-only podcast, and so that's what you're going to get. There is also a video at the very bottom of the post. It's also on my YouTube channel where I walk through the tweets, but the article and this podcast are going to be a little bit more in-depth than that video because I had more time and opportunity to reflect on the whole case study. All right, let's dig into it. Sometimes the smartest people in the world can be triggered simply by getting it wrong. And I legitimately believe that libertarian commentator Styx Hexenhammer is smart. Very smart. But intelligent people can be triggered too. In fact, it can be very easy for them to be triggered by being wrong and not wanting to admit it because they're so used to being right and smarter than everyone else. When they get it wrong, it's a shock to their system. And Styx was triggered. It started when one of his fanboys issued a threat of physical violence and ended with him calling me a coward and a joke before bragging about just how many people he had watching a live stream to really put me in my place. Let's dig into the case study of the triggering of Styx Hexenhammer. Admitting you're wrong is a skill. We live in a world where there is no incentive to admit you're wrong. In fact, there's a disincentive to do so, mostly because people will hold one instance of being wrong against you for the rest of your life at the most inopportune moment. And that's a shame because there's not a single infallible human being on the planet. If there's one thing we can count on besides death and taxes, it's that every one of us will get something wrong at some point in our lives. But as it is, Most people struggle to admit when they've screwed up, leaving it a really underdeveloped skill for the majority of people. If admitting you're wrong is not a muscle you flex often, you aren't going to have developed the ability to do it. It's like riding a bike. If you've never ridden a bike or haven't in a very long time, you might be a little shaky when you get on. It's natural from a lack of experience. On top of that, there are some personality styles that not only dislike admitting they are wrong, but downright loathe it. They may even be terrified of it. They tend to be more detail-oriented styles, the more autistic styles, if you will, the ones who do deep dives into things more than the average bear and therefore are almost always in a position to be the expert in the room. Being wrong calls into question their very identity. And that's the personality style I suspect Styx has. The triggering of Styx Hexenhammer started when he got something wrong and didn't want to admit it. 
even when it became obvious that he was defending the indefensible, he dug in his heels and tried to shape reality to a land where he was right. It started with a, th- with a threat of physical violence. I'm a member of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire and have been since April of 2021. I also happen to be their current endorsed candidate for governor of New Hampshire. Long story. We've been pushing back on Tulsi Gabbard lately for her work of uh, for her endorsement of New Hampshire's GOP nominee for Senate, who happens to be a war hawk. So when Styx tweeted this, and I'll read the tweet in a second, it was natural for the LPNH to respond. What I didn't expect was to find someone posting a photo of me in a response to them, presumably presumably telling them I'm a grifter or a leftist or any other story he's invented. So Styx tweeted out, I have concluded that Gabbard is an opportunist or plant for a future career on the I opposed the left after I was for it ticket. I do not believe she is to be trusted. And the official LPNH account tweeted back, agreed. And then this random dude tweeted to the LPNH account, what were you saying again with a picture of me? Uh, In response to that, I noted that I was the person who had called Tulsi out at an event just the other day in New Hampshire. When I did so, the person who posted my picture responded with a threat of physical violence against me. I immediately reported the tweet to Twitter and told them so. In response, they immediately deleted the tweet. So I said to this person who posted my picture, So you mean the person who asked Tulsi the other day why she's supporting Warhawks and has actively been involved with the LPNH for a year and a half, that person? And then you have the, well, it it says deleted now because it got deleted, but then he had tweeted a threat of violence to me, and I'm not going to post it because I don't think we should be reinforcing those tendencies. And I responded, thanks for making it really easy to get your account banned. Was I afraid of this person? Absolutely not. However, I'm not. I'm also not going to stand for anyone making a threat of physical violence against me without defending myself. Well, I set off a metric ton of re in his comments and Sticks started to respond. And this is him responding, saying, Not the greatest love looks for the LP gubernatorial candidate to be threatening to get one of my followers banned. And I responded to him, Not the greatest look for him to threaten me with physical removal after lying about me. Do you believe people have a right to defend themselves when attacked, or does that only go for your debate bro followers? Now, at this point, I wanted to offer Sticks the benefit of the doubt, because it was entirely possible that he hadn't seen the threat of physical violence prior to the author deleting the tweet. I informed him in several places that it was a threat of physical violence, which is a violation of the non-aggression principle, NAP, and I wouldn't tolerate it. Sticks didn't have a leg to stand on here, and he could have ended it all by admitting he was wrong. It would have been perfectly reasonable for him to just drop the topic entirely and move on to far more important things. He didn't do that. Triggering is truth. Every trigger is caused by knowing that at least a nugget of what the person is saying is true. It may be a nugget of truth covered in a mound of bullshit, But there is truth nonetheless. What that means is that something cannot trigger you if you know in your soul that it is completely untrue. There would be no reason for you to be upset. There would be that would be like me telling you, you're a turtle. 
That probably wouldn't trigger you unless you're Mitch McConnell because you know you're not a turtle. To trigger sticks, I kept hammering on an inherent truth that he couldn't run away from. That he was defending a person who made a threat of physical violence, which is a clear violation of the NAP. Sticks' trigger was knowing he had been caught being wrong. And there was no way out of it. If he had known there was no truth to what I was saying, there would have been no reason for him to be triggered. He would have just disengaged and move on. But he didn't do that. Our behaviors always give away our true motivations. No matter what Sticks said, his behavior showed he was absolutely triggered because he could not let go of trying to reframe the situation to one where he would be proven right. Anything else is a threat to his identity and perception of self. After a few more back and forth, Sticks escalated and tried to scare me with his audience by quote-tweeting me and calling my campaign into question. Why is the LP New Hampshire gubernatorial candidate calling my plurality libertarian audience toxic? What timeline have I shifted to, lol? I ignored the bait. You must always take control away from the person you are trying to trigger by essentially ignoring what they say to you and driving the conversation where you want it to go. And that's exactly what I did, continuing to hit on the obvious undeniable truth that Styx was defending someone who was in clear violation of the NAP. So I quote tweeted him and said, why is a libertarian defending someone who threatened me with physical violence in clear violation of the NAP and then continuing to complain that I defended him even after I explained that I was, th- I was threatened with physical violence by his audience members? Excuse me, that I continued to complain that I defended myself. That makes far more sense. Let me read my tweet again. Apologies for that. Why is a libertarian defending someone who threatened me with physical violence in clear violation of the NAP and then continuing to complain that I defended myself even after I explained that I was threatened with physical violence by his audience members? That's much better. I also accused him of being an inauthentic shill without mentioning his name. In reality, I don't think Styx is an inauthentic shill. I just think he's wrong. Authentically wrong. But when you're playing the triggering game with someone, there's nothing that says you have to tell the truth. Really, if people believe everything they hear on Twitter, that's a them problem, not a you problem. Styx responded by quote tweeting me again. I'm a shill for opposing text censorship enabled by whiners pretending to feel threatened by innocuous and obviously hyperbolic statements online. Oh, come on. The LP needs to do far better than this shit. I responded by hammering on that trigger again. I used different words in each tweet, but the message was always the same, hitting on that core nugget of truth that Styx was desperate to argue away. Since Styx was also trying to insinuate that I wasn't a libertarian, I also added in some extra libertarianism concepts of voluntary association, it was perfectly fine for Sticks to create a community where they I- accepted open violations of the NAP, just as long as it's fine for me to create a community where we don't do that. 
We just have different values, and people are welcome to associate with whichever community they choose. No one forces anyone to live by anyone else's rules. It's okay to have different values and leave each other alone. So I quote tweeted Sticks and I said, You are defending someone who was threatening me with physical violence in clear violation of the NAP when you could have just stayed out of it entirely. But keep defending toxic members of your audience. It's good to know which creators support toxicity and which do not. And I followed up and said, Anyone who would like to join a community where threats of physical violence are not only condoned but encouraged will find a wonderful community in Sticks, Hex, and Hammers. If that happened in my community, the person would be immediately removed. We just have different values. Sticks was now both quote-tweeting me and responding to my tweets, so you could tell the trigger was controlling his behavior. I made sure to mirror his behavior. Mirroring people's behavior is just when you do to them exactly what they are doing to you. Its purpose is to very literally hold a mirror up to them so they can see what they are doing. We've covered that something will only trigger us if we know there's truth in it. Well, here's another nugget. We are only triggered by behaviors we see in other people if we know we are also guilty of that behavior ourselves. When other people have flaws we subcon- that we subconsciously know we have too, it is much easier to at- identify and attack those flaws in other people than it is to admit we have those flaws and attack them in ourselves. So I kept hitting on the same notes. Sticks was wrong, and he knew it, and he really could have already walked away from the conversation knowing he was wrong. Sticks quote tweeted me and said, I am defending a clanker who made a hyperbolic joke after you openly threatened to whine to the Twitter hall monitors. I have no regrets or apologies to offer. Apparently, I have to establish residency in New Hampshire and show you how a real campaign is run. And then I quote tweeted him and said, Blah, I'm making excuses for defending a threat of physical violence, blah. Yes, please come to New Hampshire and get involved in the party and get more insight into why the campaign has been run like it has. But if you do it, hopefully you don't defend threats as part of your platform. And then I followed up and said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you fight this hard to defend threats of physical violence among your toxic audience members, instead of just saying, bro, cut that shit out, you probably don't understand the non-aggression principle. You can see that Sticks started to really double down on the candidacy part here. He did that because he clearly wanted to move on from the main point that was triggering him as a deflection. He tried to transition the argument. He just didn't transition it in a great direction. I'm fairly certain that he anticipated I would feel threatened or intimidated by someone with a larger following than me challenging me for a role of candidate. In other words, he thought I would be driven by ego and would want to defend my position above all else. He responded to me, If I ever get involved in state politics, I'll actually mount a campaign that can win. Still waiting for your justification for thinking an obvious joke was a violation of the NAP. Since you don't intend to file a police report, your claim is balls to the wall meaningless. The mistake Sticks made was that he did not properly evaluate my priorities. I've never spoken to Sticks. I have no idea what he knows about me. If he listens to online gossip, it seems likely he assumes I'm a grifter that just wants attention, and that's why I accepted the role of being a candidate for governor. 
He didn't anticipate that my real priority is winning the long game. By that, I mean Liberty winning in New Hampshire. If there's a better candidate for, than me to run, I am more than happy to let that person do it and support them. I personally think Sticks would make a great candidate for office and an even better one in New Hampshire. He would have a team of people from LPNH to help him run, no problem. The problem is that Sticks lives in Holland, and New Hampshire has a seven-year residency requirement to run for governor. So, I told him so. First, I challenged him to accept a role that I knew he wouldn't. I quote-tweeted him and said, when he, when he said to me, he said, I could probably get more votes as a write-in than on your faux libertarian platform, Carlin. And I quote-tweeted him and said, fucking do it then. Stop talking and actually try to do something. Do you think it's offensive to me if a libertarian can get votes? Put up or shut up. What resists persists. What that means is that when you have a problem fighting it aggressively against it aggressively, just you're more likely to make the problem worse rather than solve anything. Instead, you have to find a way to flow with the person that you're triggering. Sticks had anticipated that I would fight against the idea of him running for governor as a shot to my ego. So instead of fighting him for the job, I just told him he could have it. Not only did I position myself on the high road, but, but I also reminded him of the thing that was really triggering him in the first place, the thing he was desperate to run away from. So I quote tweeted him again, saying he could get more write-in votes than I could. And I said, Sticks, I have news for you. While you're defending threats of violence, I have no problem saying that if you came to New Hampshire and got a metric ton of votes, I would cheer for you. One of us cares about actually winning more than they care about bullshit. And he couldn't fight it. So he deflected completely and challenged me to a debate. And this is, he didn't quote tweet me or anything, just flat challenged me. I challenged Carlin to a debate about free speech and text censorship. We can get aboard, BTR, etc. And I responded, I don't debate ever. Sorry to disappoint. Your debate bro culture doesn't interest me in the slightest. And he responded to me, yeah, bro culture. You're a fucking joke. And then I responded to him and I said, cry harder. And he responded to me and said, I'll try to staunch my tears in between selling a quarter million copies of literature and catering to 6,000 or so people for every live stream I hold. I am very sad. Please console me. And this is where I knew I really had him on the run. He had changed topics entirely and completely seeming to abandon his first two strategies. This was an attempt by him to take back control on the situation. I had just taken it away from him entirely by not resisting his previous tactic and had essentially cornered him. If you have nowhere else to go, you inherently have to change tactics. At this point, it was my job to make sure I kept him out of control to continue to let him simmer. So at the same time that I made the above response, I also mirrored his behavior by quote-tweeting him and simply saying no to his demand of a debate. This kept him out of control because I refused to enter the playing field he wanted me on. And then he quote-tweeted me and called me a coward. Insults are an artful. Generally, insults are a horrible way to trigger people. If for no other reason, then there's no creativity or originality to them. It's too easy. It's inartful. Using an insult to try to trigger someone is like going to a cheap whore, 
when you could go to a high-class call girl instead. They are two different leagues of experience. If you want to trigger someone, really go for it. Say something that is going to make them question who they are and what they believe. Any fool can piss someone off. Triggering is an art form that should be treated with respect. But given that we were hours into this little exchange at this point, I wasn't really surprised that Styx went there. I made the choice not to respond to the insult. After all, I have nothing to prove to Styx. He was trying to use his audience to bait me into a debate. Again, he incorrectly assessed my priorities, probably assuming I would do anything to get in front of his audience. Remember, he thinks I'm an attention-seeking grifter. But particularly given the events of the day, his audience was not interesting to me to be in front of. I don't think they align well with my purpose and goals and would probably just proceed to make my life difficult. Additionally, I have a standing rule that I don't debate, and if you're going to debate on a topic, or if I'm going to debate on a topic, rather, it would be the woke left's ideology and how it's being deployed in schools, not big tech free speech. So, I denied Sticks what he wanted. Remember, it was my job to maintain control at this point, and instead switched the topic back to something he had tried to move on from. To twist the knife in a little bit more, I reminded him that he had moved on from it as a deflection. So I quote tweeted him calling me a coward and I said, come to New Hampshire and get the votes you claim to be able to get. Or have we already moved on from that because you care more about being a debate bro than actually winning? Sticks took a few more swings at me, but after several hours, it came from such an obviously triggered place that I mostly just swatted it away without paying, much, paying it much mind. So Sticks responded, bro, 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 your chromosomes don't impress anyone. Block me and my entire audience then. And I said, nah, I'm good. I'll just shut off their ability to reply to me. It's really not that hard to manage. And he responded, enjoy your echo chamber, easily offended one in a bout of irony if I've ever seen one. And I responded to him, do you need some tea or something? A nap? Someone to talk to about why a woman telling you no and that she won't stand for threats of physical violence is so triggering for you? I rounded things off by offering the best summary of the fight that I could. Sticks Hexenhammer. I can get more votes than you. Me? Do it then. Sticks. I'm serious. I'll do it. Me? Good. I'll cheer for you. Sticks. Debate me, bro. Me? No. Sticks. Coward. Me? I thought you were coming to New Hampshire to campaign and get more votes than me. Sticks, you're a joke. All of the things in this tweet are true. They are all things Sticks said to me in the course of his triggering. The moral is to learn to admit you're wrong. Sticks Hexenhammer could have literally avoided hours of nonsense had he just acknowledged to himself that he was wrong and moved on with the rest of his day. He didn't even need to publicly acknowledge that I was right. We both knew that anyway. But he did need to admit to himself that he needed to take the L and walk away. When he didn't do that, things just got worse. I ended my exchange by thanking him very much for the case study. Hopefully he learns something from the experience and comes back stronger next time. And that's all I've got for this episode, guys. Please head over to artofthetrigger.com if you would like to see the full 
article with images. It will all be available there. If you enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll consider subscribing and sticking with me. The Art of the Trigger is a satirical self-help help website with real self-help. All right, that's all I've got for right now. Take care and have a great rest of your day.